I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of the space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Corey Davis, wide open. Davis. Still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. And it's the q Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And we are looking back at some of the most interesting stories that have occurred with the Jets over the last 10 years with a man who has spent a decade on the Jets beat. And that, of course, our friend, the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, what's up, buddy? Oh, man, just uh, excited to talk about this, really. This is going to be this is going to be fun. Uh, I, I got I got nothing else for you. This is this is going to be a fun trip down memory lane. And the fun trip down memory lane is fun for us now in retrospect. It was not fun at the time and certainly not fun for Geno Smith because today we are going to discuss what happened in 2015 in the summertime when Geno Smith had his season and perhaps, depending on how you look at it, his entire career derailed by one IK and M. Kapali. But before we get to what happened on that fateful day in the locker room, let's talk about the lead up to this as far as Geno Smith because he was picked in 2013 in the second round. A lot of people thought that he would be a first-round pick. In fact, some people thought he could go as high as number three at one point. 
Remember, he ended up firing his agent because he dropped in the draft after refusing to play in the Senior Bowl, got some bad advice that cost him in terms of draft stocks. So the Jets get Geno, and he ends up as the starting quarterback in 2013 because Mark Sanchez suffers an injury during a preseason game, and a lot of people got on Rex Ryan for that because Mark Sanchez was left in late in the game, ends up getting injured by the Giants, and now Geno Smith, who may not have been ready to play, ends up as the starting quarterback, and Mark Sanchez would move on from there because that was the last time we would see him in a Jets uniform throwing a football. And so Geno has an up-and-down rookie year. There were some times where he looked good. There were some times where he didn't look so great. He had that really great play against Atlanta. Then there was that first game against Tampa where Levante David had that terrible 15-yard late hit penalty that led to the Jets driving for a game-winning field goal to give the Jets a 1-0 record at the beginning. And so even though the Jets had a weird season and you knew that they were due for a little bit of a regression because they won so many of those games tightly and at the end, you thought that there was some hope with Geno Smith because while he wasn't great his rookie year, 12 touchdowns, 21 interceptions, 3,000 yards passing, and as I said, very up and down, as you could even tell from the box score stats, he looked like he could be somebody that could develop into a good quarterback. He had a lot of the natural abilities that you look for in a talented passer. So Chris, before we even get up to the 2015 part of this, you were covering the team during Geno's rookie year. And as I said, a bit of a roller coaster ride, but there was some promise there and some hope heading into 2014. Oh, there absolutely was. And to this day, I, I don't think people understand how physically gifted and talented Geno Smith is and was as a quarterback. Um, the, the problem for Gino was, uh, was reading defenses. And, you know, of course, that uh, people always take that in, uh, as like a sign of intelligence for some reason. Um, intelligence is, works in a lot of different ways. And, like, I, like I had, one of my best friends is just, you know, average intelligence for most things. But he is an absolute genius when it comes to anything mechanical uh like fixing cars anything mechanical he is brilliant with and he will tell you that i am much smarter than him on pretty much everything else but he he is way smarter than me on that that's not how intelligence works intelligence is put in compartmentalized and it's uh, to be able to read a defense as it's happening live and that quick of to diagnose everything that's going on, know where your players are, that's a really tough thing to do. And what he was doing at uh, West Virginia, where they ran that air raid offense that didn't even have a playbook, and then he gets drafted by the Jets. Um, he's, he's really not welcomed very kindly here, especially not by the media. The media was very confrontational and adversarial to him from jump. The very first day he walked into minicamp, he was, he was getting – uh, you know, tough questions that it was just unnecessary. But then not only that, he had to play for Marty Morningwig in that West Coast offense. And they didn't really try to simplify stuff enough for him at all. And then on top of that, he's playing with like Jeremy Curley as his number one uh, receiver for much of the time. Uh, there was a lot going against Geno Smith. But physically, man, when everything was right, it was right. And he had all the talent in the world. It was just such a tough, tough, 
transition to go from the air raid with no real playbook to such a timing heavy, uh, detailed oriented and intricate uh, offensive system. And then to, with a bad offensive line in front of them, no real running game, no real weapons to lean on. And then everything obviously just spiraled and got worse. But that first season, you know, he had some terrible moments. <clears throat> but he, he rallied to put together a strong close to the season. It looked like, okay, there, this is, you know, at that time especially, and that was looked at as, hey, this is normal progression for a rookie quarterback. And also, he shouldn't have played as a rookie, even though I did think he looked better in training camp than Sanchez. It was clear in retrospect that he wasn't ready from a mental standpoint to do all that diagnosis. He, he hadn't learned it. it again, it's I, I, not an intelligence thing, but he just hadn't learned it. And that takes such a long time to do that that's why it's such an advantage to draft uh quarterbacks from pro style systems um because you can at least do some of that and then there's also gino as i can't knock him for it but he was my biggest knock on him coming out of college was he should have used his legs more he was so focused on trying to prove that he was a pocket quarterback and not an athletic quarterback that sometimes he would uh, refrain from using his legs when he probably should have used his legs. And that happened a little bit in the NFL. He got a little bit better there too. But yeah, I, I can't stress enough. I don't, even people that are more pro Gino, I still think just underestimate how physically talented he is. And this doesn't just apply to Gino. Anytime, like people see somebody play in a, in a league and not have success and just think, oh, he stinks. Well, no, there's a lot of other reasons for it. And that does not mean that that person, there's a lot of extremely talented people who fail at this level. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. 2014 came Gino's second season in the league. And 2014 was the year of the Idzik 12. And by the way, Chris, one of these days we will get around to doing a show on the Idzik 12 and the infamous Idzik press conference because... That deserves its own show in and of itself. But IKM Kapali ends up getting picked in the sixth round of this draft as part of the Idzik 12. And that would matter immensely later on in this story. But right now in 2014, you go into the season optimistic that Geno would put together a nice year. The Jets win the opening game against the Oakland Raiders 1914. They were beating up on the Green Bay Packers week two. And then it all fell apart. In the second half, the Packers made a huge comeback, and the Jets seemed to never really recover that season. They had their occasional moments. In fact, the Jets came very close to beating the New England Patriots on Thursday Night Football in Week 7. But Geno Smith just had a really bad year, at least for the most part. Michael Vick, who is signed to be the backup and the mentor, so to speak, ends up coming in after Geno gets benched after a horrendous game against the Buffalo Bills. He went 2-for-8 with three interceptions in the first 10 minutes of the game, and that was more than Rex Ryan could take. Geno did eventually end up back in the starting lineup, and once again, Chris showed us why there were times where he looked at Geno Smith and thought that he could be the answer quarterback. Had a phenomenal game against the Miami Dolphins, 358 yards, three touchdowns, 20 of 25, had a perfect passer rating. Seemed to develop excellent chemistry with Eric Decker, who had over 200 yards receiving in that game. So now all of a sudden, a lot of people are back on the Geno bandwagon. There had been people that had jumped off early in the season and certainly after that Bills game. But now people were optimistic again because now Rex Ryan is gone and so is Marty Morningweg. The Jets go out, they get Todd Bowles, they bring in Chan Gailey, who seems to be a better fit for what the Jets would want to do with Geno Smith. So the idea is here that the Jets have new coaching staff. You've got Geno going into his third year, coming off that great performance. He's developed some chemistry with Decker, plus the Jets have now gone out and they've gotten Brandon Marshall in trade. That was something that Mike McCagnan had done. So you're surrounding Geno Smith with weapons. And all of a sudden, people are optimistic again. The arrow seems to be pointing up. So as we head into 2015, before we get into training camp and mini camp and all of that stuff, Jets fans are thinking with Brandon Marshall here, with Eric Decker here, and with Geno seemingly under better care with Chan Gailey, who had had success with quarterbacks in the past, maybe things were headed in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. That Miami game, that that perfect game, it, it was like, even the people who were like staunchly just, Geno sucks, 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 was like, whoa. Like, and that it was just one game, and it, but it, it was a great game. And, um... Then everything, like you said, the, the, he starts to develop uh, chemistry with Decker. They bring in Brandon Marshall. Uh, Rex and Morningwig are gone. You got a new start, new lease on life. You got some actual weapons and help around you. 
feeling really good about the direction you you've seen progression, you know, a little bit here and there. And then in, in training camp that year leading up to the season, Gino looked great. Like he, he looked really, really good through that training camp. And there was reason to be hopeful. And like there, there was definitely no point in his career leading up to that, where you had more reason to be hopeful than you did uh, at that point. Um, it just, it seemed like things were starting to slow down for him a little bit. He was understanding uh, what he had to do, what was expected of him on each play. <clears throat> and he had help. He had people he could rely on now. He could, he, again, solidify the, the chemistry with Decker, but now you got big Brandon Marshall who you can just throw the ball up to and he can go up and get it. Brandon Marshall is coming into, he's rooming, he's living with Gino. And, uh, you know, think about the time of Brandon Marshall's life and career here. He had just left Chicago. He had already had uh, uh, been in Miami and had all the bad stuff that happened there. Same with Denver. <clears throat> he had learned so much and grown so much. And he went in there to, to be roommates with Gino and live with Gino and kind of bring him along and help him along. And there's just no reason to be anything but positive going into that, uh, that training camp in that season, everything was looking great, feeling great. And it was just, okay, now there's finally, he's starting to progress a little bit and they're finally helping him around him as well. There, it was just, it, it seemed to be going perfectly for him. Seem being the operative word here. And if I remember correctly, and you would know this better than I would, Chris, the reports coming out of training camp were that Gino looked pretty good and that everybody should be excited about what the reporters were seeing at training camp with Gino that summer. And that, of course, leads up to August 11th, which is the day that would change everything. The backstory here is something that was sort of tightly guarded for a while, but now players have come out and talked about it more on the record. And Chris, you were around the locker room at the time, so you can talk more about what you heard as far as whispers. Obviously, nobody was willing to give you anything on the record at the time. But the story here is that IKM Kapali, who is a linebacker, had done a summer camp of sorts back where he was from. He had asked Geno Smith to come out to the camp, bought him a $600 ticket, and for whatever reason, Geno Smith never showed up. So IKM Kapali had been asking Geno to reimburse him the $600 for the ticket. And according to people that have spoken about it since, including Brandon Marshall and Trevor Riley, who spoke to ESPN about this, Gino would say, sure, I got you. Don't worry about it. I'll get you. Don't worry about it. And finally, IKM Kapali got tired of waiting and eventually confronted Smith at his locker. This was on August 11th and said, basically, give me my damn money already. And Smith laughed and said, relax, besides, what are you going to do about it if I don't pay you? And that set IK and Ankapali off. IK punches Geno Smith right in the jaw and breaks his jaw. And so now Geno Smith is going to be out for six weeks minimum. Todd Bowles comes to the podium at the press conference. And Chris, I'm going to let you talk about this because I'm sure you remember it well. And he chuckles and says, you guys are going to want to have a notepad ready for this or something along those lines, because I'm sure you guys had no idea that this was coming. 
But now Ryan Fitzpatrick gets thrust into this, and we should say that part of what the Jets did in the offseason was go out and get Ryan Fitzpatrick, a move that a lot of people liked because the Jets only gave up a seventh-round pick, and Fitzpatrick was very familiar with Changeli's offense. He'd had the best success of his career when Changeli was the head coach in Buffalo, and so now Fitzpatrick becomes the starting quarterback temporarily. The problem, of course, is with Fitzpatrick, at least in theory, you know what you're getting, and it's nothing to be excited about. With Geno Smith, you didn't know what you were getting and you were excited specifically for that reason because you thought that maybe he could hit a certain ceiling that you always wanted him to be able to hit. Now you had the pieces in place. You heard the reports coming out of camp that he was playing very well. And so you were optimistic for the season and now that optimism was taken away from you. So Chris, talk to me about the events of that day, Todd Bowles coming to the podium and everything that you heard right after what occurred at the locker with Geno Smith getting punched in the jaw. All right. So this, this, I'm going to give you a little backstory here. It's uh, this day. So this happened on a Thursday. Uh, the Jets had a, I remember this all vividly. The Jets had an off day on Friday because they were traveling to Detroit for the a preseason game in Detroit on Saturday. Um, I was sitting there at training camp had gone um, and I was actually getting, I wasn't going to go to practice that day. Me and my girlfriend at the time were going down to the shore. It was Thursday. I, we wanted to beat uh, rush hour traffic. So I said, I'm going to skip practice today and I'm going to go down the shore. I, uh, we're driving and I have for me to go down the shore. I basically have to drive, uh, past the jets facility to get to the parkway it's the Jets facility is like two minutes out of my way to go uh, onto the parkway. So I'm driving up towards uh, about where it is. And I get a text from Connor, from Connor Hughes, Uh, Connor Hughes at this time, he, he was doing some work with us and he was like, uh, he wanted me to bring um, uh, what, what, what are those things? Uh, like uh, an iPad, pod type of thing but just to uh record and stuff or the uh, the uh little thing to hold hold those stuff up so you can hold it up in press conferences he wanted me to drop that off for him so he could get video so i was like all right i'll swing by and i'll drop that off before we head down there so i drive through i'm going on and i'm just going to go like reach through the gate and not even uh like actually go on to the property just to reach through that side gate to hand it to him. And he's running out and he's looking at me and his face is like, yo, like panic. Like, I don't know what's going on right now. I think Gino just got punched. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? He's like, Gino just got punched. I was like, no idea what's going on. And now I'm like, all right, I got to figure this out too. So I just had my girlfriend. I was like, Go just park over there. I'll be back in like 15 minutes. So then I go and I go around. I hop into the press conference. And Bull, that's when Bull says, yeah, you're going to want to get your tape recorders ready for this, is the exact quote he said. Um, and then he just proceeded to kind of tell us, uh, but, you know, very vague, uh, a sucker punch, uh, but very little expansion on it. <clears throat> One of the... One of the unfortunate, the many unfortunate parts of this is 
I actually had a, like a fairly decent uh, relationship with IK at the time. I had talked to him enough times. It was partially because, you know, the Jets had been starved for any type of pass rusher so much. He was a fun, exciting player. He was somebody that I <clears throat> was very invested to paying attention to that training camp. Um, see, maybe they can uh, manufacture something here as a pass rusher. So I had talked to him a bunch, and, and he, uh, I think he liked me enough that – if he hadn't gotten cut, I think I probably could have gotten uh, not on the record, but at least off the record. And then at this point, I'd be able to tell you um, I could have gotten to his, close to his version of events. Um, one funny thing there is, though, because I, I wrote an article. I don't, it was before it was definitely before the punch happened. I don't remember if it was earlier. I think it might have been the year before. But uh, I wrote an article about IK, and the title of the arc article was IK and Penali can't wait to go hit some quarterbacks. <laughs> and then, uh, so then this happens that day. Uh, you know, he punches Gino. I, that wasn't even my, in my mind that uh, I found that. And of all people, Darren Rovell, uh, somehow he found my old uh, tweet with that article. And he posted it, and it was like, well, he finally got his chance or something along those lines. Uh, so that that was a, a, a funny, interesting little caveat to the story. But, yeah, it was – I just remember seeing Connor's face uh, running out to me to grab the, the, the thing and just be like, yo, Gino just got punched. <clears throat> and then afterwards, obviously, they went down uh, – Nobody was saying anything in the locker room uh, that day. I don't even know if they – I I wasn't I, – I did go down the shore after the press conference, but I forget if they either just didn't even open the locker room or the, just the players in there were all just like, yeah, no, we're not telling you a goddamn thing now. Um, over time, I, I was able to get stuff off the record. I, I had a ton of stuff off the record. The problem is a lot of it was kind of conflicting – or I think this is what happened, or yeah, I heard this, I heard that. So like the story that I heard originally was, it was definitely over the money in the $600. And Gina was kind of like, all right, relax, I'll get it to you. And IK was like, no, I want it right now. And you know, IK was an undrafted free agent, Gino second round pick. Money's a little different. So $600 means a lot more to IK than it does to Gino. Especially Gino's still thinking, hey, this is my first contract. I'm going to be making a lot more money. IK's like, I'm still trying to play, make my way onto this roster to get a real contract because I'm still on the undrafted uh, free agent contract. So that $600 is a lot different to IK. And I think Gino was just like, relax, I'll get it to you. And, uh, Gino also is kind of that type of person that I, I'm similar in this way. Like uh, my best friend used to call me and if he, if I missed a call, he would call me like three or four times in a row. And then I would always tell him later, I'd be like, yeah, when you do that, it, it like bother, it annoys me. So I like, I've generally missed the first call, but then I see the second and third call and I'm like, man, give me time. Just I'll call you back. You know, I'm going to call you back. Don't, annoy me like this so i think that's kind of what it was but ik's like yo this 600 means a lot more to me than it does to you i need this money 
<clears throat> so G, they're going back and forth, and Gino says, like, what are you going to do about it if I don't give it to you? You know, just kind of like joking, like, why are you so pressed about this? And like, so if I don't give it to you, are you going to die? And like, and IK didn't find it as funny at all. There was no, no joking. And it was a joke to Gino, $600, no big deal. $600, a very big deal to IK at this time. There was no joking about it. I originally I heard that at that point Gino said that IK walked up to him. Gino was sitting in a stool. IK punched him right across the jaw. <clears throat> I heard that Gino then like put his hand on his jaw, just stood up and just calmly walked out of the locker room. Now I also heard that Gino had gotten up and said, uh, stood up from the stool when he said, "What are you What are you gonna do? I don't pay you." And then that's when IK punched him and kind of knocked him into the uh, locker. <clears throat> and then, but the, the end result is the same. Gino just kind of ate the punch, uh, whether, you know, he got knocked down or not it is disputed here, but he ate the punch and just got up and just kind of walked out. Um, and so th that end result is the same. How it started is the same. There, there's some mix-up and confusion on everything in the middle of it there, exactly how it goes. And like I said, I, I've talked to players who I know saw it, um, but then I think, you know, their memories got fuzzy. And then I talked to players who thought they saw it, players who didn't, who knew they didn't, but thought they had the real story, and they all got bobbled up. But essentially, again, $600 might not be a big deal to Gino at that time, might not be a big, big deal to you, whoever you're listening to, but six hundred. there's people out there $600 is a huge deal for. And then for, for IK, it was also just principle of the thing at this point. Um, and it's just like, Gino, you can afford it either way. Just, just pay up. According to people that were there, Trevor Riley and Brandon Marshall specifically, they talked about this with ESPN. Here's what Riley has to say. We get to training camp and IK's asking him about it that day. He asks him again. I was sitting right there. My locker was next to Gino's. Gino just kind of says, chill, man. Forget about it. What are you going to do if I don't pay you? Then Marshall says, I remember looking my left and seeing Gino kind of give like a ha ha ha, like laughing the guy off. All of a sudden, boom. Gino is in a locker. By the way, should mention here that Brandon Marshall took Gino under his wing and was actually living with him that offseason to try and help him out. Ironic because Marshall later became such good buddies with Ryan Fitzpatrick, who would be Gino's replacement. But then Riley continues, IK reaches back, clocks him full swing, hit him with basically an uppercut cross to the jaw. Gino fell into my locker. I got out of the way. Gino was probably hurt, but I gave him credit. This is along the lines of what you said, Chris. He wrapped up IK grabbed him and just tried to get through it different guys tried to break them up Marshall says you see all the guys including myself running to the area I was in the second wave of guys to go over there I looked and IK is on Gino in the locker you got all these guys offensive and defensive trying to pull him off they just couldn't I was like holy crap I remember Gino coming up after a while kind of touching his jaw with blood on his lips and this was an interesting quote from Brandon Marshall he says Gino was in shock and awe and I was pissed off to the point where I wanted to fight IK I was like holy s you just potentially put our starting quarterback and our season in peril like who does that like how the hell does this happen you know I don't always have my wits about me everyone knows my past so for me 
I was like, I'm going to slap the S out of this guy. Then I walked up to him and looked in his eyes. And he had this look in his eyes. And I was like, man, this is not the guy you want to mess with. And I turned around and walked away. So Brandon Marshall, who is a bit of a hothead in his youth, and I guess the hothead almost came back out, took one look into IK's eyes and realized this was absolutely not the guy that he wanted to play around with. And just to end this story, IK gets cut right after this and gets picked up, of course, by Rex Ryan and the Buffalo Bills. And everybody said that Rex picked up IK just to mess with the Jets because he punched Geno. And here's what Ryan said about it. Man, that had absolutely nothing to do with it. I like both those kids, but literally that's how everyone took it. Honestly, I never cared that people took it that way. We needed players. IK was a young kid that I thought had some talent and could develop. It had nothing to do with punching Geno. Come on. The fact that I made him team captain, yeah, yeah, that was kind of an FU thing to do. But I did that every single week whenever we had a player who had played for another team. We'd make them the captain that week against their former team. So I do think that Rex actually did like IK because remember Rex had had him with the Jets and IK was kind of a nasty type of player, the type that Rex liked. But clearly he was playing some mind games there by having him be the captain. Ultimately, it ended up not mattering much for IK because he lasted much of that season with the Bills and then that was more or less the end of his career. The following year in training camp, he got into another fight This time with a player on the Bills, the next day he suffered a knee injury that would more or less put him out and he never really recovered. So IK's big moment was punching Geno Smith in the jaw. From there, we know what happened with the Jets. Ryan Fitzpatrick goes on to take over. The Jets go 10-6. They lose in that final week against Rex Ryan's Bills, miss the playoffs at 10-6. Gino would eventually move on to Seattle where he still is as Russell Wilson's backup. So that's pretty much how the story ended, but a wild ride. And again, much like the rise of the usurper and the Brandon Marshall, Sheldon Richardson feud, something that you very rarely see when you're covering a football team as a member of the beat. So Chris, I'm glad you could come on and share your memories from what happened in the locker room on that fateful day, August 11th, 2015, when Geno Smith had his jaw broken. Chris Nimbley, The Very Big Deal. You can follow him on Twitter at CNimbley and at Jets Insider. Read his Very Big Deal work at JetsInsider.com. Check out everything we're doing at PlayLikeAJet.com and the great videos we've got up on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel, including breakdowns of Marcus May, CJ Mosley, Morgan Moses, Quinn and Williams, and so much more. Luke Grant is doing a great job there. And if you haven't given us a five-star review on the podcast yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in the New York Jets podcast and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands on learning opportunities and world class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.